This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... On today's show, we're going to talk about, do you have burnout? Are you an engineer that is working considerably longer hours than you'd like to, and you really don't know how what to what to do about it or how to fix it we have a guest today that's going to help you with that his name is zach white and he is not only the uh, um the host of the happy engineer podcast he's also got a company called oasis of courage that teaches us as as professional people that are working a lot of hours how to manage it a little bit more successfully but before we go there and talk to zach i want to uh, talk to eric real quick and just say hi eric it's nice to see you again hey kevin always great to see you as well happy wednesday it is a happy wednesday and and by the way i just want to tell everybody who you you may be listening to this for the first time we're on uh, kknw on monday wednesday and friday uh, at uh, 3 p.m., 4 p.m., and noon, respectively. And we're also on Kixie on at 3 o'clock on Friday. That's so correct. We've got lots of good information and stuff to get out to people. And I want to thank KKNW and Kixie and Eric, who's program director of all of that. Uh, thank you for having us on. We appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. We love uh, hearing this positive talk. Yes. Well, you've been listening to this for 20 years. So, you know, <laughs> well, there was a break in between. There was a long break in between. Uh, but, uh, but thank you, Eric. I just wanted to say that. And, uh, and, uh, thank you for, for producing this the way that you do. You do a great job. Thank you, sir. And I'd like to uh, welcome Mitch, who's the co host today. And, uh, Mitch, uh, Parfit, how are you, young man? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a little out of my element. I'm a little out of my league because I'm not an engineer. Are you? <laughs> far, far from it. <laughs> oh, good. Well, then we're going to be educated by by uh, Zach for both of us. But but burnout is a real thing, and and so we're going to talk about that as well. Anything you'd like to add before we begin, sir? No, I'm just excited to uh, hear more about Oasis of Courage from Zach White and. Uh, Hopefully learn some things today. So would you like to introduce him? Sure. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Sure, why not? I guess well, should we bring him on or how is I this? think. Okay. Yeah. So or <laughs> so our guest our guest today is Zach White. And he is he's he is right there. And and by the way, we are on uh, audio and video on uh, positive talk radio and the, the youtube channel and facebook as and twitter as well as kknw's uh youtube facebook and twitter channels and uh we're live here on kknw so so zach is an honor to have you here thank you for being here kevin mitch what a privilege thanks for having me on gentlemen and and i promise not to be a complete nerd on the show tonight so uh, don't worry. You don't need an engineering degree to follow along with some incredibly useful content on burnout, but I will help you with whatever you want to know about mechanical engineering and lifestyle engineering today. 
We just don't want Kevin's head to explode. No, that would be that. <laughs> no, that that would be messy. <laughs> that, that would be a little messy. So, uh, lifestyle engineering, uh, Zach, what, explain to me what that exactly means. Yeah, well, I like to tell my you know friends and family now, Kevin, that I got my mechanical engineering degree from Purdue and my master's in mechanical engineering from the University of Michigan, but I got my lifestyle engineering degree from the School of Hard Knocks. I went through an extremely difficult burnout, rock bottom moment in my engineering career, ended up depressed, divorced, embarrassed. We, and we can talk more about that time of my life, but coming out of that season of a really dark time is when I discovered all of the principles, the practices, the tools, the mindsets that we now coach our engineering and, and STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics professionals to help them avoid that huge mistake that I walked right into. And so lifestyle engineering is that practice. It's designing a life that you love rather than living life by default. How do you know when burnout is coming or you're already in it? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're in it, you probably know it. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're in it and you don't know it, you know, there, there's probably some denial or you need somebody to come alongside and and uh, help you recognize what's going on in your life. But Kevin, here's the thing I, I always want people to recognize about burnout. We do often miss those early warning signs because we associate burnout with the rock bottom moment. You know, I just want to quit my job. I want to, I don't even want to get out of bed Monday morning. I'm hitting the snooze button eight times and I'm, I'm rolling in. I'll do anything other than this. You know, relationships start to struggle. All these big things that people talk about with burnout. That's what gets the airtime on social media when we use that word burnout. But burnout is not just the moment you run out of fuel. It's not just when the tank is empty. All right. Burnout begins the moment that you start burning fuel faster than you're filling the tank. And the thing we need to start watching for are these daily deficits, these weekly deficits where you're not filling yourself the way that you need to, to have a happy, sustained and, and wonderful life in every domain, not just your career, not just your business. And, and that's what causes the, the slippery slope is we get on this negative trajectory and because it's slow and we don't notice those daily deficits, we end up in a place where now it's too far gone. It's going to take a lot of energy to recover. And so that, that's where we need to begin. And, and there's so many little signs, but here's the key. It's not about what you're doing. Burnout actually begins because of what you're not doing. It's what you allow to fall off your list. You stop sleeping as much. You stop spending time with friends and family. You stop exercising. You stop paying attention to eating healthy foods. You, you start you know, snacking more, or drinking more caffeine, or these, these little bad habits. We stop doing the things that keep us healthy. That's what starts that downward trajectory. And Mitch, I, I'm gonna—I'll ask you this question because I got a feeling Zach already knows the answer to this. But have you ever heard the term "golden handcuffs"? You know, I have not heard the term "golden handcuffs." Tell me about it. <laughs> golden handcuffs happens when you are in a job or in a profession. It had—we were talking before the show, and uh, I was a bus driver for 12 years, and that is a job that is famous for having people in it that have what they call 
golden handcuffs. What that means is you don't like what you're doing, but you make too much money to quit doing what you're doing. And so it's like you're handcuffed to it, but it's golden because you're making a real decent amount of money. Uh, Zach, have you heard that term before? Oh, absolutely. And Kevin, I think that situation is the hardest one, whether you're in engineering or any profession, to escape from. It's how Jim Collins says, you know, good is the enemy of great. Well, golden handcuffs, this idea that I'm too afraid to lose what I have, the paycheck, the steady income, the career that I've built over a decade or two decades. You know, I have a family and a mortgage and all these responsibilities that I need to take care of and everything's working. You know, don't, don't disrupt the apple cart. All of that fear of going to something new that might actually make you happy or be aligned with your goals and dreams. But if it doesn't work, all these other things might break. That place is where so many of the engineering leaders I talk to every single week are stuck in. You know, it's, it's easy to change your life if you're in a place of desperation. If everything's broken and you're in rock bottom and there's only one way and that's up, it's easy to take action and hire a coach and go try new things and go after something new. But when you're caught in that golden handcuffs zone, man, it's it's tough for a lot of people to want to go after their dreams. It's becomes in it, it can really be debilitating for because, sure, because you can't if, if you think that you can't do anything else. And because you're as an example, your wife depends upon the fact that you're making X number of dollars so she can go shopping. And, and can spend your money and can do a lifestyle that she likes. And then you're, you're talking about quitting your job. Are you, have you lost your mind? I imagine that happens from time to time. We all have, you know, stakeholders to use the engineering term, right? If we want to be nerdy <laughs> about it, but Kevin, yeah, people that rely on us for different things could be a spouse, could be children, or it could just be yourself. You know, you get accustomed to a certain lifestyle and, to walk away from a multi six figure engineering career to go start that business that you've always dreamed about. Well, it might take some time and serious hard work to get that income back. And let's face it, like, are, are you going to do that or not? That could be tough. So yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, use the word debilitating Kevin. And I think where it becomes a problem is link it back to that burnout conversation from a moment ago. When you get in that golden handcuffs zone, it's easy to lie to yourself that being unhappy, being frustrated, dreading Monday morning, or just generally having no purpose and no vision for your career or your life, that that's okay, that you can just coast through that. But it's it's not okay. Right? That, that etches away at your soul. It leaves you in this empty place where it's like, your work matters. The quality of your life depends on the quality of your work life. It really does. And, and so don't lie to yourself that you can be in that place for a decade and not feel an impact in your life. It's going to hurt you. I'll even take it a step farther. It can be a life ender. It, it, the stress that you are in, incur, in, in, encourage upon yourself can actually end your life early. I've known several people that that's happened to. Um, and it's, it's a shame because our lives are too important. And I know Mitch, you're, you're a little younger than me and you're probably the same age as uh, Zach, but it's important that, that you leave, live your life to its fullest. 
And I know you're trying to do that. Um, and which is really cool. And do you have a question for Zach? Um, I don't know if I have necessarily have a question other than this. Yeah. I think that I just, to piggyback on it is, yeah, I think that there's a huge fear of failure. Um, you know, and just everything that you were talking about, we are scared that if we take that leap and go into doing something that we love, that, that it might not work out and then we've lost everything. Um, but again, there's, there's a lot of other factors involved in that. And I think that, you know, mindset and a number of things, it made me, it it made me just think of the, have you seen the Jim Carrey, um, graduation speech where he stands up and he says, I, I believe this is what it was. It was, um, you know, that he learned from his father is his, you can fail at doing something that you don't love. So why not take a chance at doing something that you do love kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought about that. I was like, it was super impactful because it make, it made a lot of sense to me anyway. So um, I'll have more questions to come. I'm yeah. sure. But I, I just figured I'd throw that out there. Mitch, something you said there, if I can riff on this for a moment, I agree. Fear of failure, fear in general is a huge problem. And there's a reason my company is named Oasis of Courage, because when I got into coaching, the, the very obvious thing is that fear is what holds people back from all of their goals and dreams. And we need to live a courageous life to face the fear and do it anyway. But I used to believe that fear of failure was the number one thing, that that's what held engineers back. They, they were afraid to fail, afraid to fail. And, and it is that, but it's actually, if you go one layer deeper, what I believe now and have seen to be true with the engineers that I coach and even in my own life, Mitch, it's like, we don't actually fear failure. And and imagine this, you know, let's say you're going to go give a speech, but nobody's in the audience and you flub up the speech. You know, you failed at the speech, but like, but nobody was there, right? It didn't matter. If there were no people around, if it was just you and you were going to go try something new and you failed at it and nobody saw, nobody knew and it had no social impact, like you probably wouldn't care. In fact, we do that all the time. And, and that's part of the learning and growth process that ultimately feels so good. What we really fear is judgment. It's the fear of what Kevin and Mitch are going to think about Zach when I try that thing that everybody thought I would succeed at and I failed at it. Now, what are you going to think about me? Am I going to be loved? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to get, you know, pulled out of this, this community, this tribal instinct that we have as humans? We fear judgment. And, and we have this identity that we've built our lives around this ego inside of us, you know, Zach's a successful coach and entrepreneur. And, you know, he had this rock bottom and now he's this really amazing guy, Oasis of Courage. And, I don't want anybody to think anything other than that about me. You know, if my business were to fail, what would that say about me as a coach or as a smart, intelligent person? Like, that's the thing under the hood of the fear of failure that when you start to realize, gosh, it's not really if if I succeed or fail. Failure is part of learning. It's normal. Everybody fails. What I'm really afraid of is what everyone else is going to think about me if that happens. And, and honestly, that's that's the hard part, to overcome that connection and that deep concern we have for what other people think. I including totally agree with you. Yeah, including family and friends and those <laughs> those people that that are close to us that we think. Now, I got to I got to uh, um, I got to congratulate you because 
engineers have got a unique mindset that allows them to be really good engineers. Their brain works in a certain way. Uh, mm -hmm. They're used to looking at a schematic. They're used to looking at that, that this builds upon that and that this is how it all works. When you're a coach, it's a completely different mindset. How did you make that transition? Well, when I went through that burnout I mentioned earlier, coming out of that time, Kevin, one of the things I did, in addition to counseling and you know, getting uh, working through the grief and all of the, the pain of that time, was that I hired my first coach. And I went to that coach and said, hey, you know, I, I still want to be successful. But I know that the way I did it for these last six years, I don't want to repeat that. Like, I, this was the wrong approach. I need help. And I started working with a coach. And my career exploded. I mean, I had such tremendous success after that. And I fell in love with the process of being coached. And because I was continuously investing in coaching for myself, I started to recognize the patterns and pick up some of the skills of how my coaches were supporting me. And, and just toyed with that with my engineers that were working for me at the time, just started using those same tools and same approaches, asking those same questions. And I really got this passion for it. So I started doing training, reading books, getting you know certifications around coaching as a skill set. And you're right, it is a completely different way to approach a conversation than being an engineer. But for me, it was something that created so much value in my own life that I sort of sparked this passion to go master the skill so that I could bring that value to the people that I was working for. And completely honest, guys, the first impulse was this will make me better at being an engineering leader and I'll get more promotions and be more successful. Like it really started as a, a catalyst to my career goals at the time. And then a few years into it, I had this epiphany moment. Uh, it was 2019. I took a three day you know, I call it solitude and silence time. I, I fast, it's a water only time. So no eating, no food, no, you know, sodas or coffee or anything, just water for three days. And I go off by myself and you know, just take a journal and nothing else, no reading, no inputs. It's just a time to be still and listen. So if, if you've never tried that, just a really, really powerful thing to do. It's really, really hard to shut off inputs for that long. It's, you almost go through withdrawal. It's a very strange feeling. But during those three days, I had this incredible download from God that's like, hey, you weren't called to be an engineer to be an engineer anymore. That season of your life is done. You were, you're an engineer so that you can go coach engineers. And it just had like this amazing realization that my calling for the next chapter of my life was to start this business. And you know, I started putting the plans together. And within months, I left my career and started Oasis of Courage, but had no idea that this was going to be part of the plan prior to that weekend in 2019, but I would never do it any other way. I mean, absolutely purpose-driven decision, and I, I will never look back. It's awesome. It's amazing to me. Where did you get the idea? And, and Mitch, I don't know. Have you ever had the idea? I'm going to go off by myself, and I'm just going to drink water th for three days. I'm not going to talk to anybody, and I'm just I'm not going to have the radio. I'm not going to have my phone. I'm not going to have anything, and I'm just going to be and see what happens. Have you ever had that thought? I mean, I'll be honest. I've thought about it. Uh, I've, I've, I've known other people that have done that. I'm at, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, Kevin. I mean, I'm a big hiker. 
Um, I totally like going off the grid similar to the, you know, what Zach was saying and just getting that disconnect and just being out in nature, the silence, the no phone buzzing, the no, any of that stuff. And it really is a complete reset. It's just like pushing the reset button. I haven't tried the only water thing, but I'm also hiking up mountains and I probably need a little bit more than just that, you know, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't recommend blending excruciating physical endurance exercise with water only fasting. <laughs> yeah. Not a good plan. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, 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 I was just going to say, yeah, it's, 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 it's an amazing feeling and it's one of many reasons that I do it uh, among just trying to, you know, be healthy and this, that, and the other. But every time I come back down that mountain, it feels like an accomplishment. I, I loved the disconnect. There's no cell service just in nature and it, it's pretty surreal and it's, it's a uh, very, um, sort of, I'm sorry, not, um, medicating, but it's whatever you kind of get what I'm saying, but it's, it's an amazing experience. I don't know that I could go three days without talking. I don't, I don't, I've never done that in my entire life. That would be tough, but you know, at the same time, uh, it allows you to be quiet. I, you know, I did something the other night that I hadn't done in like years. I just turned off the TV. Uh, the Mariners were getting their butt kicked again. <laughs> so sorry about I, that that's all right that's a, there's 162 times i get to watch them get that's their right bike. uh so but anyway so i turned off the tv and just sat there and it was like you know quiet has its own sound to it yes and when yes. you're quiet and you get this sound it's like this is an interesting experience because my brain had stopped getting the downloads from and from the TV and from the phones and from every everything. It really is a therapeutic experience, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I just had a conversation with a, a gentleman who's in my coaching program right now. And we were talking about the emotional scale. So what we would consider negative emotions and positive emotions. And you can kind of imagine you know, putting these on a spectrum and there's no perfect answer to which words belong where, but you generally know in your own experience, what is a negative emotion, something like fear, uh, trauma, grief, stress, anxiety, these kinds of emotions. Maybe you put sadness somewhere down there, you know, and some that are less intense, maybe frustration is in there and then positive ones, joy, love, you know, elation, excitement, and in the middle would be something around boredom, just like a neutral place. And he was making a comment. He said, you know, I think most people don't like to be bored. Be, and, and I asked him, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you know, nobody enjoys silence. Everybody wants to have constant input. We always have the TV on. We're always listening to a podcast, you know, an amazing show like this one, Positive Talk Radio. And these are good things in many cases. Maybe sometimes it can be a bad habit, but we always have the noise. And I challenged him and said, is it really that people are, you know, afraid to be bored or is it that people are afraid of silence? Because when you're silent, all the actual truth of the negative stuff in your life that you haven't dealt with, all those fears, all that uncertainty, all those unresolved conflicts, all that stuff that you don't know, that you feel like you need to know, all comes to the surface. You can't drown it out anymore. And there's a famous quote, and it's going to kill me. I can't remember who said it, that the majority of the world's problems stem from the fact that mankind cannot sit alone with their thoughts. And I think that's why silence has this sound that you mentioned, Kevin, because when you shut off everything else, what you start to hear is that voice 
inside yourself. And, and after a while, you, you may or may not like what comes out. And, and that's something that's part of why I do those solitude retreats, because even as a coach and having daily disciplines of meditation and all these great habits, even for me, every single time I go on one of these trips, something incredible, you know, revelation happens. It's it's literally every time. <laughs> so I definitely encourage people to at least lean in a little bit. Start small. You know, if you, you're not going to do three days, no water, I, I get it. But what about 30 minutes? Could you just, to Kevin's point, shut off the TV for 30 minutes? Just sit on the couch and be, see what happens. He'd start talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in my room with me? <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Mitch, Mitch's hidden camera just got found out to Kevin. This isn't good. Uh-oh. Better well, check and, your place. Exactly. Well, you know, the, and the interesting thing is, too, is that a lot of people say, I don't need a coach. I can figure this out. The reality is I know a guy, he's a financial planner. He only works with 2 million plus clients. It means you got to have $2 million for him to even talk to you. He has a coach. He has a financial coach. I said, well, you are like, you're making, you know, almost seven figures a year. Why do you need a financial coach? And he said, because I don't know everything. I, I have blind spots like everybody else. And I need somebody to step outside of me to deal with my blind spots to help me. To, and, and that is, in, you found that to be true, Zach, as well, that everybody that I know that is a great coach has got a coach. Kevin, every great coach I know has more than one coach. <laughs> I, I literally just uh, a couple of days ago had one of my good friends on Tony Watley for uh, the Happy Engineer podcast. And, you know, he's way past where I'm at in terms of his success and, you know, multimillionaire and an incredible guy. And he shared his story and he said one of his clients who earns multiple seven figures every year has six coaches of which Tony is one. And you know, he's got a health coach. He's got a, a relationship coach. He has a, a finance coach. He has a business coach. It's just like the bottom line. And you mentioned the Mariners, you know, the best players always have the best coaches. And, you know, it's really common sense in a way when you look in these other domains, like, oh yeah, of course, you know, if, if you want to be an Olympian, if you want to be the best in your, your sport or your, your practice, even in uh, like the the arts, you know, you want to be a ballerina, you want to be a musician. Well, you're going to have the best coaches, the best trainers, the best people supporting you. And somehow in our career or people who aren't in those domains, we think that it doesn't apply to us or somehow I can figure it out on my, on my own. And I'm not sure where that disconnect happened, but Kevin, I'm with you. It's, everybody benefits from great coaching. And I do believe, you know, everybody needs a coach if you want to be at your best. Now, if that doesn't matter to you, then don't worry, <laughs> like skip coaching. But if what you want to experience in life is something where life is at the edge, you've really found what's, what's possible for you and you're expanding that day by day by day so that you can increase in the things that matter to you in life, then have a coach. It works. It's proven. It, it always works. It's, it's not about does coaching work. It's about do you work? That's the question. Ex Ooh, I like that. There's a bumper sticker. 
Yeah, that's, I, that's what I tell people. You know, come, people come and ask me, well, like, Zach, prove to me that your program will work or that your coaching will work. And I say to them, look, I, I appreciate the question, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but I don't need to prove to you that coaching works. Look around. Like, coaching works. It's already proven. The question we're asking today is, do you work? Are you ready to be coachable? Are you ready to put in the work? Are you willing to face those fears? You know, Mitch, we just talked about earlier, like, are you willing to, to risk failure to go after your dreams? Like, are, do you work? If you're ready, then I promise you, you'll get the result and coaching will help you get there. But if, if you're not going to commit to the process, if you want to stay in the golden handcuffs or you want to let your ego hold you back, then no problem don't give me your money because you're going to waste it. <laughs> and that's why you're an excellent podcaster because you came all the way back to golden handcuffs. I love that. It was a complete, complete turnaround. Now you also work with software engineers. Do you not? I do. I do all disciplines, you know, from industrial mechanical manufacturing to it software computer. Yeah. All of it. We're going through a period of time right now in the software engineering world that is a little scary for a lot of folks. And, uh, and Mitch, we, we, I'd, like to I'd like you to take us to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that because this is a software area here in the Northwest. And there's a lot of things going on that, that uh, maybe Zach can help us understand how to get through it if you're in the middle of that going on. So, so Mitch, take us to break. Perfect. All right. To all you beautiful listeners out there, we are on Positive Talk Radio with Zach White with Oasis Courage. We're going to go ahead and cut to a break and we'll be back here shortly. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. 
please contact me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's create something great And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. Mitch Parfit is here, and Zach White is here. He is an engineer coach. He's got the company, which is called Oasis of Courage. Go to oasisofcourage.com, and you can find out all about his podcast, all the numbers of folks he's had. Matter of fact, we have a common one that was on not too long ago, and that is, I can't say his name, Brandon. Oh, Brendan Kumarasamy, the oh, communications guru. Yeah, yeah. Great, great guy, good friend of mine, and an incredible speaking coach. If communication is something that you struggle with and you need help how to present, how to speak concisely and clearly and get your point across, he's a great guy. So go go back to that episode. I'm sure it was good. And so it was. I'm, I'm sure it was good. Um, now, I, I have to ask you, uh, this is a personal question. I have a relative. He is working overseas. He's a software engineer. And he's reaching that age. He's 42. And he's not sure he wants to continue to do that. Has no earthly idea what he'll do. And he can't get back to the United States because there are no openings for software engineers here because they are actually going through a downsizing of that. And I want to hire you to work with him so that he can understand that he has options right now. He's sitting there um, in the Netherlands. He doesn't think he has any, but uh, he needs, so he needs support from someone. Um, can you be that guy? I would love to be that guy. And you know, just to address what you've said. And one of the first things that when you read between the lines would be the starting point of anyone in that type of situation is the fact that he thinks he has no options. You know, mindset is the foundation of the lifestyle engineering blueprint, the model and methodology that we use for all of our coaching at Oasis of Courage. And what that represents, Kevin, is a, a belief, a mindset. Well, there's no opportunity right now for me in software in the United States because Amazon laid off another 9,000 engineers recently and so it's such and such and dot, 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 and all the headlines. So there's no opportunities for me. Or I applied for 100 jobs on LinkedIn and never heard back from a single one. So there's not an opportunity for me. Well, if that's what you believe, then it's true for you. And, and the first thing that would need to shift, and you know, if your brother's tuned in, it's like, hey, if that's the mindset, you're already guaranteed to be stuck. So let's start with opening up some possibility here. You know, may, Maybe you don't have the willingness to believe that there's tons of opportunity right now, but can we at least open the door, crack open a new possibility? Hey, I just haven't found the right opportunity yet. Or there may not be as many opportunities as there were, you know, three years ago, but there's always an opportunity for a great talent. Top talent always has an opportunity and I can be that person. You, you got to shift the mindset first, then the tactics and strategies have a chance, but without fixing that root problem, it's going to be consistently frustrated. And it's also has a degree of burnout attached to it as well. Totally. He's burned out on what he's doing. He doesn't love it the way he did 10 years ago. He doesn't see uh, a management outcome for him. So he is sitting there going, well, maybe I'll become a waiter in a, in a restaurant. It's like, oh, yep. You I know, get it. That, 
that's where he goes to. And Mitch, I don't know if you've ever experienced burnout uh, to that degree. I don't, I, well, I, I guess I have, uh, which is how I ended up in radio. Uh, but uh, um, have you ever had burnout to that degree, Mitch? Yeah, I think uh, more than once for sure. <laughs> and how did you deal with it? Um, well, I think, you know, to correlate back to like what Zach was saying is I, it was really mindset. <laughs> um, I mean, just really being able to sit, sit there. I, I've created a, I try to stay in a solution mindset and a no excuse mindset um, and doesn't necessarily alleviate or avoid a burnout from happening. But I feel like if you're going to get out of a burnout, kind of like what Zach was saying a little bit is that, you know, you have the mindset is a foundation of, of getting out of that. And it took a little bit, but yeah, I had to really kind of just train myself that like, this is okay. That, you know, whether it's failing at this or that, that that's normal. And we learn from those things, you know, it's, it's not about the mistakes we've made. It's, you know, what we do with those mistakes that kind of define us as we grow and become a professional or just in life in general. And so, yeah, um, in not to say, I mean, like I said, it, it was, it was a roller coaster for a little bit of time, but I think without that mindset, um, change, you, it's, you're not going to be able to really grow out of that or, or, or advance out of that, however you want to look at it. Well, and, and Zach, I'll tell you, there is nothing worse and I've experienced it myself. There's nothing worse than your weekend ending at seven o'clock on a Sunday night because you now recognize that you're going to go to bed then you're going to get up and have to do the same damn thing again. Yeah. And again, and you, and you hate going there. You don't want to go there, but you don't see anywhere out any way out. And there, that actually can lead to some drastic things up to and including suicide. Can't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, fortunately I've, I've not been involved in any situations that ended in suicide in my, my own work, but yeah, I've heard lots of stories and, and, you know, seven o'clock PM is generous, Kevin. Most of the engineers I talk to, it's like one o'clock PM and they already start to feel that anxiety. I actually, you know, one of my past clients, I'll just name her Sally to be kind and, and anonymous. But when we first met, Sally was talking about the Sunday scaries starting Sunday morning. She'd wake up Sunday morning and already had this overwhelming sense of stress and anxiety that the next day she would have to get up and go back into the office that she was hating the experience and was so burned out and had nothing to look forward to. And it had been that way for a long time. And when we started working through these principles of lifestyle engineering and helping to, you know, Mitch change that mindset and get those things shifted and then take action, you know, the courage to act and actually go create new results. What was amazing is she didn't actually even change companies. She changed inside of herself first. Like when you become a new person, when you get your head in the game and start shifting these things and acting differently, the happiness starts coming back. The the energy and excitement starts coming back. The Sunday scaries go away. Suddenly you're performing better on the job. You get noticed for performing better. You get a new opportunity. You get a promotion. And you know, her whole life got back on track without having to, you know, quit and just sell pizza, you know, to deliver pizzas for a living. Like it didn't require any of those kinds of dramatic changes. And I think this is a big failure mode, Kevin, when you get in those places. We just want to fix it by changing our outer world quit the job, move to a new city, make new friends. Like we, we want to change everything on the outside. You don't re really recognize like, Hey, guess what, Kevin, 
wherever you go, there you are. So if the problem is within yourself and we don't <laughs> fix that, then it'll just manifest again. It's only a matter of time. And you know, for Sally, that was the thing that really matters. We had to do that inner work first. Have you thought about starting up a, a bumper sticker company? <laughs> well, <laughs> Sunday I, scaries would be one. And the other one is, wherever you are, that's where you are. Yeah, wherever you go, there you are. Uh, you know, Kevin, I might be an engineer, but I also really believe in simple things. You know, if it's if it's not if it's too complex, you can't understand it, and so I just like to keep it simple. Well, you do, you do a really great job because. And I feel for and this is my nephew that I'm talking about. I feel for him because he genuinely doesn't. He's been in software his whole life. And so he genuinely doesn't feel. And how many how many people do you come in contact that when you first start working with them and they feel like they have no alternatives? They've got the golden handcuffs. They can't do it. They can't move. And so now they're going to be stuck. Mm -hmm. I've already talked to five of those people this week, new engineering leaders who've reached out to us with that exact uh, statement. You know, for whatever reason, I don't feel like I have any choices. I don't know what I want to do next. The future feels uncertain, unclear, and uninspiring and help. <laughs> yeah. So the answer to your question is, I think this is, it's a widespread you know, maybe the unspoken pandemic. And it's not just engineers who feel this way. I know there's people in other disciplines who are nodding their head and could say, yeah, that's me too. But it is a real problem. And I think people don't recognize how much it trickles in and affects other areas of their life, the people they love. And companies just grinding these people to the ground don't realize what they're leaving on the table because an employee in that situation is not delivering the value anywhere near their their full potential. And it's, it's a big missed opportunity for everyone. I've heard that a lot where people will say, as employers will say, you know, when you first got here, you were, you were on fire. You could really make this thing go. And now there's something missing. What, what is it with you? Is it something at home? You know, they, and they don't stop to think that maybe it's them or the, the corporate environment that they've created. Um, but, but Mitch, you know, Holly, who's one of our associates always says, this is positive talk radio. So do something positive. So Mitch, give, uh, Zach a couple of questions that he can give us solutions to the problems mm. that we're facing today. Excellent. When we're, we're talking about the problems that we're facing today in regards to what specifically <laughs> in, in regards to burnout and not being happy what you're doing and how can you change that and some steps that that zach can give us uh outside of uh um working specifically with just um a, a coach but things that on your way to doing better that you can learn some things and i know zach's got some things to share with us in that regard no sure i think um i think my first question would be um when, when somebody, you know, assuming that they're recognizing this burnout, you know, or they, they're feeling this way, what, what, what is, what are the first steps? What is your recommendations? What's the first steps in, in, get, in getting out of that burnout? I mean, what's step one look like? Yeah. Yeah. Step one is to shift your priority completely in reverse because 
most of the time when you're in a place of burnout, what has happened is everybody else's priorities are at the top of the list and taking care of yourself is at the bottom. And, and we're going to flip that on its head. So the very first thing I tell my clients is, look, I'm giving you permission to be selfish for the next 90 days as we go through this turnaround. You need to take care of yourself because you cannot give what you do not have. So if you don't have your health, if you don't have energy, if you don't have, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, how are you going to help anyone else if you can't help yourself? This is the mask on yourself before you put your mask on your kid message from the, the airplane. And Kevin, that's another bumper sticker for us for later, too. So, so I saw his face. Two. He's like bumper sticker time. <laughs> like, he just lit up. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, so Mitch, that's the first thing is we're going to switch and say self-care, taking care of myself is my number one priority. And I'm going to ask you to say, all right, Mitch, you know yourself. You know what fills your tank. You know what gives you life, gives you energy. I'm not saying it's the vacation for a week to Mexico. Let's pick something small, something easy, that first thing that we can put on your calendar three times this week. Maybe it's a 30-minute walk outside. Maybe it's you're going to the gym. You haven't been in a long time. Maybe it's cooking dinner for your family that you haven't uh, made you time. How you know I hadn't gone to the gym to, in a long time? I, well, Ugh. Kevin might have clued me in. A, I don't know but, what you're but, talking about. <laughs> How do I, how do I get off this podcast? Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I didn't, I accidentally stepped on a toe here. I think I, I you did, <laughs> but, but that's step one. Let's just take a baby step, small thing where you're going to give yourself the first priority. And here's the key. I hold my clients ridiculously accountable to say that thing, we're putting it on the calendar. Nobody and no thing is allowed to steal that time from you. Right. We need to go take a stand for our future, for our health. And if your boss asks you to work late that night when you committed to going to the gym, the answer is no. Right. You can tell them your coach said so. Like I give my clients permission to blame me if they need to, if they need help on that first round. Right. We're in this together. But there's that shift that needs to happen. And then we build and build and build. Of course, you know, everybody's journey out of burnout is, is very unique. There's not a single recipe, but, but that's always the first thing. We have to stop letting everybody else be the first priority. And to get out of this and change the trajectory, we got to make ourselves number one. And I know people don't like to hear that. It's like, oh, I don't want to be selfish. It's like, look, you're not going to be able to give anything to anyone if you keep on this trajectory, because to Kevin's point, you might not be here. <laughs> so, so we got to make this change permission granted to be selfish. And one I of the things that. that you can do to do that is if you uh, want your kids to do something fun on the weekends for the summertime, uh, I need to take a real quick break because we've got a gal here and her name is Brittany. Uh, Brittany, and uh, she is a piano um, a teacher from Pipsqueak Piano. She works with uh, kids that are six, six years old and under to teach them piano. And she's also got a summer camp coming up. And so, Brittany, how are you? Hi, Kevin. Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having Are you enjoying me on. This conversation? Are you enjoying this conversation? I have been. I have really been quite inspired uh, by everything that's been shared um, in, in the time that I've been able to, to listen to it. So what a wonderful message that, that has just been shared even in the last few minutes, especially about the importance and, um, well, the sacredness of self-care. Very good. Yeah. So now tell us about what you're doing in the summertime for the kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> to that, thank you so much for letting me steal a little bit of this time um, and share with you what I have been up to and, and the, the big thing in, in my world. Um, I, my company, Pipsqueak Piano, has partnered with Kevin and Positive Talk Radio, and we're sponsoring uh, kids' summer camps in Redmond, hosted at the Stepping Stone Kids Academy. It's right off of the 520, right at the end, when you reach the end of it. And uh, this is for ages 3 through 13, and it's all kinds of different subjects, uh, 18 different subjects. And I, I like to keep them a little STEAM-themed, and so STEAM is the new, the new terminology for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, to include arts. It used to be called STEM, and now it's called STEAM. Um, so we kind of based all of our subjects on that. There's science, art, dance, music, robotics. Uh, there's one, one of my favorites is going to be called Genius Lab, where Kids Quest is coming out with a whole STEAM fair, where kids can do all kinds of things, mixing colors. They'll get to play with robots, and they, um, our expert instructors include uh, Woodland Park Zoo, like I said, Kids Quest, Seattle Astronomical Society, King County Master Gardener. So the list really goes on, and we're really proud to be a part of this. And uh, there are still spots available in every camp. So as a little promotion to kind of fill out some of those last spots, uh, we're running um, this promotion here. If you go to our website at www pipsqueakpiano.com that's p-i-p-s-q-u-e-a-k pipsqueak piano and you uh look at you scroll down a little bit you'll see everything you need to know about the summer camps you click there and if you go to register for your kid for the summer camps type in pt radio all caps that's p-t-r-a-d-i-o pt radio and you'll get 20 percent off your total uh for these summer camps so that um kind of save some money there, especially for families who maybe have some plans or are busy. This uh, is a really cool experience for your kids um, on the weekends in July and August. And no, you can't go, your parent. No, you can <laughs> you can drop them off and stuff. But, but Brittany, right. thank you for that. Do you have a question for Zach about engineering or burnout or coaching or anything like that? I know you've been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. So... Goodness. Um, I think that we, especially people who, who have busy lives and put a lot of things on their plate, sometimes get into this, at least I'm, I'm speaking for my own self, <laughs> I get into this place where I'm a little overwhelmed. Um, and I'm never sure, it feels like I don't know which step to take. You know what I mean? What, what would you say to someone who gets in that state of overwhelm? What's kind of the, the best move forward to get clarity? Hmm. Well, Brittany, first of all, I, I love what you're doing and thanks for sharing uh, all of what amazing work is happening with the kids. That's incredible. Yeah, overwhelmed. That is such a common experience. And I want you to know, I get overwhelmed just as easily as anyone else. It's a normal, normal part of our, our life. And I don't know anyone yet who has so few things on their to-do list for life that they can actually get them all done and not have to worry about anything else. Like there's always more to do than we can get done in one day or one week or, you know, fill in the blank because it just keeps piling in. So here's the thing that I would encourage anyone who feels overwhelmed to recognize is that the feeling of being overwhelmed represents a lack of clarity on your priority. Right? It's, it's, it's always true that there's more to get done than I can finish right now. 
And so sometimes I feel overwhelmed, sometimes I don't. But in both of those moments, that same reality exists. So why do I feel overwhelmed sometimes, but not other times? Well, when I'm flowing through the things that I've chosen as my priority, and I'm confident in that choice, and I have clarity in that choice, I don't think about all the other stuff on the list because my priority is clear. I've, I've deliberately chosen this above everything else. And when I'm overwhelmed, what tends to be the case is that everything in my life is competing for the top priority right now, and I don't really know which one to do next, and it's all in my mind at the same time. And so the first thing to do is just pause and ask yourself, what is that one most important thing? What is my priority right now? And often, Brittany, we, we don't have a clear answer this moment. You know, we may need to just make the best decision we can and kind of get through a difficult moment. But if you feel that way often, it, it's representative of, hey, we need to build some habits into our life of making sure we have clarity on our priority. And that's for every domain of life. What's my priority within my work, my priority at home, et cetera. And so I always just take that quick step back and say, gosh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's okay. And I look at what's happening. You know what? It's because I really have no idea out of the 100 things on my list, which one is the most important, which one I need to do next. And that's a very overwhelming feeling. But if I know clearly the next most important thing is to talk to Brittany right now, nothing else matters but to have this conversation with you, the 100 things I need to do after this conversation can wait. I don't feel overwhelmed right now. But if I don't really know if I should be here and I'm already worried about cooking dinner when I get home and I'm already thinking about all these other things, that feels overwhelming. So ask yourself, do I know my priority? And if not, sit down for a moment and, and get clear there and then see how that affects that experience of overwhelm. Does that make wow. sense, Brittany? Wow. Thank you. I just have to say thank you so much. That. I feel like I got, uh, uh, well, a million dollars worth of stuff in, in the last two minutes there. And I, I'm really glad that was on the radio. And I hope that anyone listening got a lot out of that, too, because that was really phenomenal. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Brittany. Boy, it's like, it's like I remember you just made me remember back when I was a server in a, in a restaurant and I had six tables and this table needed drinks, this needed food, this one needed me to, to uh, take their order, this one needed me to clean their dishes, and they all needed to be done at the same exact time and you don't know what to do. And so you just sit there and you become paralyzed. Mm -hmm. yeah, and as soon as, Kevin, you just say, all right, I'm going to take care of this table and then this one and then this one, you just start going, you know, next thing you know, it's, it's all knocked out, but you're right. It's when we let it all compete for first place that we get frozen because now I don't know where to make progress. Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, Mitch, um, no, excuse me, Zach, we've got a couple of seconds left. So I wanted you to give everybody your information, how they can get a hold of you so that my sister, my, the, my, my uh, nephew's mom can get a hold of you. Uh-huh. Well, Zach White, you can find me at oasisofcourage.com. That's the, the homepage for everything we do with our coaching. You can find the podcast, the Happy Engineer podcast there or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I would be honored to connect with you. You can find me on all the socials at Oasis of Courage, LinkedIn, Zach White. So please do connect, oasisofcourage.com. I would be more than honored to support you or any other technical leaders you know in building the career of your dreams. 
Zach, thank you so much for being here. And Mitch, thank you for being here. Brittany, thank you for being here. And Mitch, take us out. I'll take us out to all of our amazing listeners out there. Again, we had Zach White today with Oasis of Courage. You are listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150. And remember, be kind to one another because each other is all we got.